Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey, welcome back. It's your favorite podcast couple talking about horror movies that haunt and scare everybody. Uh, my name is Cindy. And I'm Josh. Yay. Happy April, my dear. I almost said my love and my dear, and it came out dear. Little marble mouth. Happy April, dear. Happy April, April. April Fools. Mm. We're doing ghosts. Yeah, we're staying in the realm of ghosts. Uh, we're doing the Patrick, like Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore ghost. Yeah, that's exactly what we're well, doing. Well, that was a little, when I remember being scared at that, like when like the shadows came and would take the bad guy. That was kind of scary. Such a different fucking childhood. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, we're not doing Patrick's Wacy Ghost. Okay, what are we doing then? Today we're doing an absolute fucking banger of a horror film. Um, straight from my straight from my childhood, mm-hmm. uh, House from 1986. House. The, this is not anything to do with the TV show House. Yes, it's a prequel um, with ghosts and Doctor House. Okay, it's how he got his prescription. Taking the piss pain out of me. Pill I think that's rude. When I was just prescription, asking a question. Uh, <laughs> Continue his addiction. Whatever. <laughs> uh, what do you remember about 1986? Uh, I was seven, so not much. <laughs> Next. I was four Okay. when this movie came out. Um, How old were you when you first saw it? Probably not much older. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I was six, seven at the time. I'm in my 40s now, so, you know, just a little different. A little different. Um, well, the world of 1986 is an interesting one. Is it? Uh, I think we rag on nowadays. Like when we go back and we look at like 2018, 2017, we're like, man, those years fucking sucked. Uh, 1986 had some had some moments. All right. What happened in uh, 1986? Crazy. 1986 is the space shutter, uh, space shuttle Challenger explosion. Oh, then I have weird memories from that. That happened on. <laughs> My best friend from childhood's sister's birthday. She was born that day. My grandpa knew something was wrong from the time they turned the, when the burners went on, he made my grandma turn it off. So I don't know what they ever said ended up happening, but Hmm. I don't know. He said something didn't look right. There was something wrong. That's all I remember. Anywho. Uh, Pixar was founded. Ooh, okay. But yeah, the Mir space station was launched. Okay. The Chernobyl disaster occurred. <laughs> 1986, got some okay. winners. Hands Across America happened. Okay. I uh, remember that. The Great Mouse Detective was released. I saw that in the theaters. That might have been my first ever theater experience. I need to figure out which one was mine. Because I know like the first three or four movies I saw first. I just can't, I don't know which ones came out first. Yeah. Um, and then the Iran-Contra affair began to come to light that year. This is when That was the year Oliver North was in there shredding documents. Yep. So only he would go down with the ship and not the president. Yeah. Who was guilty as fuck. Don't um, worry, Oliver North would go on to serve as a cabinet member under Trump. What was he doing? Or an ambassador or something? He's also like a Fox News correspondent <sighs> um, contributor. Whatever. Um, people that were born in 1986, Lady Gaga, the Olsen twins, 
Robert Batman Pattinson. Robert Batman Pattinson. <laughs> Ryan Coogler, who was just, as of this recording, arrested for trying to get money out of his bank account. Did you see that? No. Yeah. Ryan Coogler. Want to guess what color Ryan Coogler is? Big old white guy. Nope. What? He is a, the black guy who directed Black Panther. Oh. He went to the bank to withdraw money, and they thought he was robbing it and arrested oh, him. Oh, shit. Yeah. I thought it, we were talking about like it was going to be like a Russian thing. Coogler. Nope. And I was like, oh, it must be tied nope. to Russia. He directed the Creed oh, movies. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Got arrested for getting money out of the ATM at his bank. Lovely. <laughs> and Lindsay Lohan. People that okay. were born in 1986. Uh, people that we lost in 1986. Frank Herbert. James Cagney. Ted Knight. From Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was the voice of the Super Friends narrator. <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> the cat, the voice, I was like, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, that's Ted Knight. Nice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just think about the meme of him being like, well, we're waiting from Patty Shack. <laughs> <laughs> and Cary Grant. Um, R.I.P. We lost those people that year. Um, but House. House. Not... <clears throat> the Hugh Laurie television no. show. No, nor the Japanese insane movie Houseu, which we may what? end up watching, which is Japanese for house. Okay. Uh, this movie was released February 28th, like I said, 1986. It is rated R, and it is a super long one hour and 33 minutes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this movie is directed by... Steve Miner, who okay. was the director of Friday the 13th, Parts 2 and 3. Uh, we discussed him when we did Warlock. He directed Warlock. We did? Mm-hmm. I do remember Warlock. He directed Forever Young. Oh, I love that movie. Uh, you would. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, speaking of things he directed, I love. Um, Halloween H2O. Good Halloween movie. Shitty title. Okay. Halloween 20 years later. Let's call oh, it I H2O. Thought, I thought it was because it was in water. No. It has nothing to do with water. Halloween 20 years later. H2O. Oh. Fucking dumb. Um, and he also directed Lake Placid, which is very much about Ooh. water. It yes. has Betty White in it. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, this movie is written by Ethan Wiley, um, who would go on to write and direct House 2. Are we watching that? Colon. The second story. Ooh. We're not. Oh. It's fun, though. We can watch it, just not for the podcast. Okay. Um, I thought, like, this was going to be an all-house, like, last month was all I can't, insidious. I can't do Like, I love the first house, but, man, they really go off the tracks. Real, there are four of them. They, <laughs> they go real crazy real fast. Okay. And it's not in a great way. Um, the idea for the movie, the story came from Fred Decker. Okay. Um. If Fred Decker, if you hear this, I fucking love you. Mm, um, that was creepy. Yeah, Fred Decker is the writer and director of Night of the Creeps and The Monster Squad. Okay. It, it, when he was off getting ready to do, I believe, Night of the Creeps, he came up with the idea for this movie, and his roommate slash good friend at the time, he told him what it was, and he was like, oh, can I, can I try to write that? And he's like, yeah, go for it, man. Nice. So Ethan Wiley wrote it based off of an idea from um, Fred Decker. 
Okay. And it's produced. You were just watching Monster Squad. The yeah, other I watched day. Monster Squad last night. Yep. Because <laughs> I fucking love that movie. <laughs> Uh, this movie was produced by Sean Cunningham, who's the producer and director of the original Friday the 13th. Okay. And the composer, who I've met, is Harry Manfredini, who uh, also did all the music for Friday the 13th. So that famous, like, cha 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 Oh, yeah, that's him. That's him. He, uh, I met him at a convention, and I have a poster for this movie. And he signed it, and he wrote the notes to the opening theme cool with his name and i i love it i love this movie so much all Um, right so there's your core creative team a lot of people that were connected to other more known horror properties like friday the 13th and night of the creeps but this movie fucking rules um all right never haven't really heard much of it but okay sorry (laughs) here comes the cast you're gonna know some of these people all right. Uh, the Hit lead me. is William Cat. Okay. He plays Roger Cobb. You know him from Carrie. Which who does he play? He was Carrie? Tommy. He had the curly hair. Okay. The bucket falls on him and yep. kills him. Uh, he's also the greatest American hero. That's right. <laughs> he has a little blonde afro. When I met him, this was what I got him to sign. <laughs> nice. Uh, this movie also has Kay Lenz, who plays Sandy Sinclair. She was in a movie called Breezy. Okay. She was in another movie, which is fucking awesome, called White Line Fever, which White is a White Fever. White Line Fever. Oh, okay. It is a it's about cocaine trucker action movie with a lot of shotgun action, and I approve. All right. Um, her voice. She was the voice of American Made on the Tick cartoon in the nineties. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Did you ever watch the Tick cartoon? Oh gosh, years ago, yeah. Like the the maid character, mm-hmm. American I forgot maid, about that. that threw high heels. She was the mm-hmm. voice. <laughs> I don't remember that very well, but that's all right. Cool. So there you go. Um, I'm gonna round it out with two titans, titans of industry uh, of '80s sitcoms, um, both in size and in stature. Okay. George Went. Okay, we definitely know George Went. Yeah, he's Harold Gorton. Uh, Cheers. Yes. Fletch. Norm. Forever Young. And more recently, VFW in Bliss. Crazy fucking movies I did not expect him to show up in, especially at his age. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, Richard Mall. Richard Mall. Oh, I do know Richard Mall too. Yeah, he plays Big Ben. Okay. Um, Big Ben. Big Ben. He was in Night Court. Yes. Jingle All the Way. But I'm a cheerleader. I, I wrote it. Yeah, that's the last <laughs> thing I wrote. But I'm a cheerleader. Every time we have a chance to bring that movie up on this podcast, I love that movie. God damn it, we do it. Yes, we do. Um, <laughs> it's a very fun movie. So there you go. Um, All right. House. House. So where can we watch this film? I, it's free on Prime right now. Sweet. Uh, I own the Blu-ray. Nice. Which is, of course, what we'll be watching. I fucking love this movie. Um, the poster is iconic as fuck. Okay. Let's see it. This is the part of the podcast where Josh shows me a poster of the movie and I try to tell you what it's going to be about. It is a severed finger. That's a whole hand, Cindy. I'm sorry. Well, a severed hand <laughs> ringing the doorbell. Looks like a zombie hand, but just the hand. It's been severed at the wrist. Horror has found a new home. You are cordially invited to spend an evening with Roger Cobb and his friends. Don't come alone. Definitely not my favorite tagline. All right. My favorite tagline is... Ding dong, you're dead. I think this is going to be about 
a house and the ghost is trying to get inside rather than the ghost is trapped in the house. This ghost is trying to get in and they have to keep the ghost out. Okay. That's my, that's what I'm going to say. Um, my guess is this. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that you're going to absolutely fucking love this movie. Ooh, fun. Uh, my, that doesn't happen often, dear. I told you, I think it was after Insidious Chapter 2 or Chapter 3. Right. I was like, hey, once okay. we're done with the Insidious movies, I have something special planned for you. And here it is. Okay. <laughs> this is... I thought you meant something wildly different, but let's do this. Yeah. So I I predict you're going to enjoy the shit out of this movie. This is this is a um, cornerstone movie in my childhood of horror with my mom. Um, it's up there with like Pumpkinhead and Jaws oh, okay. and Monster Squad. I trust her. Like I watched this movie a fucking lot as a Love kid. <laughs> okay. As a kid. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Uh. Well, join us then. Or join us, won't you? Mind the doors. This is a house where no one should live. Woman lived here before you was nuts. Wouldn't be surprised if someone just got fed up and off her. She was my aunt. Heart of gold, though. Roger Cobb has come here alone. Daddy. <laughs> but no one is ever alone in the house. This house knows everything about you. It has been waiting for him. Hi. Sandy. Now. It wants you. Horror has found a new home. your own risk we watched the muppet makes a scary movie i mean house what did you think jim henson presents terror that's what i'm gonna call this movie it wasn't a bad movie it's just not what i was expecting at all you weren't expecting a comedy horror film no i was not yeah i specifically remember i think after watching insidious 3 i was like hey (laughs) Next month, I will make this up to you. I'll <laughs> throw you some movies that aren't fucking terrifying. He, he had to say that because I was so scared. Those damn jump scares get me every damn time. <sighs> anyway, okay. Uh, I would like to bring up that former podcast subject often, William Hurt has died. And that sucks. Yeah, um... I guess before we get into in the time <laughs> into if you don't read movie. if you don't read this right it's like 
in the time from we started this podcast to now, we've killed William Hurt. <laughs> that is not what happened. He had uh, cancer and yeah. he finally succumbed, uh, lost his battle, which is awful. William Hurt is an interesting figure. Um, He's had a strange career. For a couple different reasons. Uh, the easiest road that we're going to take real fast is I find it odd that upon his death, a lot of news agencies were referring to him as a Marvel actor because he was in, I think, one to two Marvel movies. Oh, I wouldn't call him that at all. And he wasn't even a that nearly main character. Dancing. Um, that's Ed Harris. <laughs> no, the one... The off- show? Oh, <laughs> shoot. Ed Harris. Dang it, never mind. Uh, I'm Ed sure Harris, I can... thankfully... Still with us. Not dead. Also, Ed us. Harris, as far as I'm aware, not nearly as problematic. Um, Did William Hurt have some issues later in life? So, no. William Hurt had some issues early in life. Oh. Uh, apparently, and this is where we do the little song and dance. We talk about, like, where do you go with art versus the artist? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Like, I know for some people you can't separate if something is so bad, Correct. especially if they're their creator, right? Like you won't do Polanski under any circumstances. Correct. It, it is what it is. Um, or Woody Allen. And again, I'm, I know yeah. it's just one of the, okay. I don't know. And, and I, I, we've had conversations on this podcast and in person and with, and with listeners and, and friends about that because like I am an Elvis Presley fan or I am a, kind of John Lennon fan you know all these these people had, had problems I think my biggest issue with Polanski and, and Woody Allen just because you brought them up is that they just run from them like no no it's not an issue mm, it is an issue you're married to a girl that you raised for eight, for 15 years that's a problem that's a problem like <laughs> well I mean you got to remember Polanski you definitely am, did that I am not going to get on the defending Polanski or Woody right. Allen train but I will say that the idea of powerful men doing shitty things and not being held accountable at all has been new. a pretty big theme, not only throughout movie history. But just through history in history general. History in general, exactly. Um, so when you talk about William Hurt, and I weirdly did not expect to talk about William Hurt in this episode. Sorry. Um, Sorry, House. We need to get this out of the way. You have to look An at... An Academy Award winner died. All of the movies he did that were really good and the roles he did where you're like, damn. Like, Why? What kind of movies did he? What? Like broadcast what? news? Yeah, and, yeah. You know. But what are you about to tell me now? I'm gonna let that motorcycle go by Damn. first. Jesus fucking Christ! Still that man's going. gonna die. He's gonna die on that motorcycle. I don't know if you can hear that, listener, but holy shit! There was quite a motorcycle. Uh, wow! Drive by. Wow! 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 Um, but back to what I was saying. William Hurt was in really good, interesting movies, and I think you can learn a lot about the craft of acting from watching him. He also beat the ever-loving shit out of Marley Matlin. Okay. And, according to her, sexually assaulted her. Oh. Um, so, there you go. That's pretty big. That's a thing. Um, and I believe there was another woman, they weren't married, but... They were a oh, common man. law relationship. And he apparently in his younger days um, hit her allegedly a few times. Allegedly. I'm not trying to somehow hear someone from the Hurt family hear this and sue me. Um, <laughs> Thank I'm you just for saying being clear about that. What I have read 
allegedly. Uh, accounts from the people involved. Allegedly. So, um, there you go. Okay. Just, William Hurt had a really fucking mean streak in him. Mm. Um, and that's unfortunate because... Some of his roles were really fun. Yeah, good actor. All right. And I'm, and I'm, there are people in his life and his family that will miss him, and I'm sure age dulled him, and he was a nicer guy towards the end, but in his younger days, he definitely... He was a bit of a spitfire. ...beat the shit out of Marley God. Uh on more than one occasion. Jesus. Um, okay, well, okay, we're done with our William, and that has been our in memoriam of William Hurt. Yeah. Um, Problematic figure. Uh, good actor. Not great uh, human at times. Yeah. So there you go. Alrighty then. <laughs> now let's Back talk to about house. Let's talk about house where, to my knowledge, no one involved in the making of this movie beat the ever loving hell out of Marley Matlin or another human. Oh, good. Um, there you go. All right. Okay, so this movie was about um, a man with PTSD. I like that you started with that because that's going to be something we're going to talk about. A man with PTSD <laughs> inherits a haunted house that he needs to overcome in order to rescue his family. That's what I'm going with. What do you think? It's pretty good. It's actually better than the IMDb synopsis. Ooh, okay. Uh, which is a troubled writer moves into a haunted house after inheriting it from his aunt. Okay. He doesn't mention anything about the kid. Well, we have, we've got the kid, we've got the PTSD, four Shorzies. Um, so I know there's this a movie lot. backwards and forwards because I've seen it about a billion times. I can 100% see why this would be like, my, like I was really into Spaceballs and like Mel Brooks movies between like 8 and 13, I think. Like Young Frankens, like all of them. Like I just went down, a, that was my thing. I can definitely see how this would be somebody's thing at that age. Does that make sense? Yes. Like if I had seen that movie, if I had seen this movie between those ages, I would have been like right there with you. Like this would have been, oh, this is my type of a scary movie. It's silly funny. I think you would have been like, we would have been on the precipice of watching horror comedies and logically we would have gone one of you you would have gone left and I would have gone right right you'd be like oh these the funny bits and, and you would have like, been the like, fucking scary, scary bits the scary bits are the best monsters. bits monsters like Muppets yeah, yeah. yes uh, so basically I'll here how's this for a, a plot rundown I like mine I'm really proud of mine I am proud of yours but thank you I'm gonna give mm. my synopsis so we can talk about this a little more in depth all right so this movie is about a writer who is a few, I'd say, 10 years outside of the Vietnam War. Okay. Or whenever. He's a Vietnam vet. Within, yeah, within, yeah. Roger okay. Cobb, Vietnam 10 vet. to 15 years, I'd, agree. I'd, uh, I'd say he, that. He inherits this gorgeous house. It is beautiful. Um, outside of San Francisco in the movie, outside of L.A. in real life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Didn't want to have to go that far. Um and he basically moves into his aunt's house where his son disappeared. Yes. So there's a whole subplot of he was married to Sandy, who's a, a soap, opera. soap opera actress. Yeah. And they had a child, one boy. The boy went missing in the house. The mother was devastated. 
He, the marriage didn't survive. The marriage didn't survive. He's a fucking wreck from it. Calling the mm-hmm. FBI, calling the CIA, trying to figure out what's going on with my kid. His when, yeah. aunt, who raised him in this house, is immediately like, the house did it. It's the house. The house did it, Roger. Yeah. And right? Testy, you think? So, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, this movie has some real banger lines in it. Like, yeah. I love the elderly couple at the funeral. There's only three people at the funeral if we don't count the the pastor. Yes, and sister, right? I don't know if it's the sister. I don't know what the relationship is. Yeah. But the the old guy's like, your aunt wasn't crazy. Yeah, she wouldn't have done that. She wouldn't know. My wife, she's fucking crazy. That was it. Yeah, Um, she wouldn't wouldn't have hanged herself. But your aunt, it's not her. She had a little marbles loose, but definitely this is not her. Right. Um... So he moves into the house because he has to finish a book because he, he's going to have to pay back the advance on And he book. is a, yeah, and he's like a published he's like a, Tom Clancy type writer. He's like a horror author. And he wants to write his memoir of Vietnam. Yeah. On a really old computer. Right. And his memoir of Vietnam centers on um, him and a show-off recruit going through, you know, the jungles and the show off, the show off, you know, Big Ben, yeah, Big Ben gets injured, and he's like, "You need to kill me, or else they'll, you know, they'll torture me." And he's unable to kill him, and he witnesses him get dragged off to be tortured, and he, and so he wants to write this memoir about those men that he was yeah. served with and all that, and he keeps on having flashbacks. He has a real hard time with it, yada yada. There is a Richard Mole skeleton in this movie yeah Yeah. i love the i love the big ben character at the end so the house is haunted the ghosts are fucking crazy looking they Mm -hmm. look like garbage pail kids (laughs) some of them do yes um comedy ensues the next door neighbor is what the hell straight out of cheers yeah and he's just like who if somebody were to show up to my house and be like i brought brought over pizza and beer what are you doing here? Like midnight snack? Get the fuck off my property. He also walks his dog on the inside of his neighbor's so yard. So he could shit in the yard. Yeah. yeah. That's not nearly as weird as Taya, the neighbor, just being like, hey, I uh, met you today. Kid. Here's my kid. Yeah. Watch him in his shitty, shitty haircut. And he met her because she was just swimming in his pool. Yeah. Good Lord. But he's okay with it because it's the 80s and she's 80s attractive. Yeah. Blonde hair white flat flat white ass that weird bathing suit that super high cut yeah yeah anyway (laughs) turns out the house is haunted it's being haunted predominantly by the ghost of big ben who's a giant skeleton Mm -hmm. soldier now zombie like thing and he stole his child and is basically goading him to come get the child Mm mm-hmm and there's also the monster in the closet that only comes out every minute. This movie is fucking crazy. It's it hits it's it's everything. You got missing child, divorced parents, uh, someone who, a ghost of a dead relative, demon hauntings, sexy ladies, Muppets, George went pizza. Like it's it's all over the place. You know what this movie is Vietnam. Don't forget that. Yeah. You know what this movie is exactly? Mm-hmm. This movie is a definitely a film. That has been interpreted through three different people. And they've all three put the shit they're interested in into this movie. Really? Is that what um, happened? So Fred Decker came up with a story because mm-hmm. he was like, hey, you know what would be great? 
they watched the Twilight Zone movie, him and his friends, and he said, hey, we should do our own Twilight Zone. So he came up with this as like a Twilight Zone okay. uh, anthology Cut, yeah. thing. And then he started like working a lot okay, and couldn't expand upon it because he was doing, he was writing um, Godzilla, the, right. God, the American Godzilla movie. And he was getting ready to write Night of the Creeps and doing, he, he started he working He had some like other things going on. And so his roommate at the time, Ethan Wiley, was like, can I write that if you're not going to do it? And he was like, yeah, man, sure. And it's weird to imagine that Fred Decker had wrote a, like, hardcore scary movie. Yeah. But this ha- his script had no jokes in it, didn't have the neighbor in it, didn't have any neighbors in it. It literally it didn't have the kid in it. Okay. It was just writer shows up to house, mm-hmm. house fucks with him, spoke, no jokes, super scary, yeah. Big Ben. Okay. So it was like a Vietnam War flashback. Yeah. Okay. PTSD, his Vietnam thing. That's what I... Uh, so all that... In him. looking back, that's what I would think. And then Ethan Wiley took it and was like, this shit needs to be funny. So he put in like okay. the neighbor. He put in like the the fat lady ghost in the dress. Right. He put in the little kid. He put in like... He put in all that shit. All the jokes. Yeah. And then Steve Miner, who's directing didn't want to keep doing horror movies he wanted to get into comedy so he added... so he ratcheted up the comedy okay and ed he directed and edited it leaning more into the comedy than the horror and it worked because after it's... this he started doing comedies okay including so this was his door his gateway yeah. into the comedy world this this movie got him he directed the the uh, premiere episode of the wonder years oh wow Okay. So that's Steve Miner. Like Steve Miner was like, I'm gonna recalibrate big deal. and not be just a horror director because I can do comedy too. And he used this movie as like a weird backdoor way to show that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's scary, but it's also it's also funny. super fun. So this movie definitely it's this weird scenario where you have three cooks in the kitchen at different yeah. times, and it still works. When you break it down like that, it it's so clear. Like, like yes. one person's like, this should be scary as fuck and about Vietnam. Another person's like, this should be really funny and there should be like gags. And another person's like, you know what? There should be like song breakdowns and like weird visual shit. And yeah. Yeah. And it works. Somehow it fucking it, works. It's a very weird blend. Yes. Yes. It, it, it blends in that fun 80s nostalgia movie way of like man they didn't have great graphics back then like man that sure was weird that was wild oh the 80s like it was in that way so speaking of weird Mm -hmm. we mentioned the monster in the closet um i am a big believer uh john landis wrote a book okay about monsters and the history of monsters in movies and he asked everyone that he interviewed, a ton of people that worked on monster movies of different kinds, what are monsters? And the best answer was Joe Dante. All right. And what was that? Um, he said that monsters are metaphors. Okay. That's it. That's it. And I think that that's incredibly true. I think horror films usually are metaphors for something else. At least the, a lot of the really good ones. They okay. sneak stuff in. But monsters are definitely always metaphors for something. Whether it's convoluted and it doesn't make sense, sometimes that happens. 
Um, sometimes it's an unintended metaphor, like Jason Voorhees being like this fucking Reagan era walking killing machine that kills anyone that has sex because sex is bad and that was not what the filmmakers intended wow but that's what you know the audience saw so in this movie it's definitely the monsters stand in for like ptsd flashbacks and trauma around okay. his vietnam experience that's what i was going with yeah. i was kind of leaning into that for sure and the reason why i brought up the monster in the closet and its weird fucking tube body was is the fact that it was designed to look like name palmed bodies from vietnam i didn't even notice that that the bullet finger things i mean i guess i have to go back and watch it i'm sure we're gonna have to watch this movie i mean we're going to watch this movie again sometime. <laughs> We're going to have to. I mean, uh, <clears throat> I'm sure we will. This yeah. is and and also like you you would like the second one. We're not going to watch it for the podcast, but it's definitely more comedy than it is horror. Okay, like, it's a little more focused. There's like cavemen and cowboys and so no, no, um, there's not. John, Ritter's, no, it's not more. Focused. I can't remember her name. John John Ritter's wife. Oh yeah, She's um, in it. <laughs> I know you're talking about. <laughs> So there what you go. Your, oh, okay. Go ahead. Um, yeah. There. So this monster. Yeah. So I did find a little bit of trivia about this movie, um, and I'm just going to point out real fast. I feel that, like there was a little bit more than a little, but okay. Oh, there's a lot, but I'm not going to inundate people. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Um, but it, this movie does have a lot to do with the Vietnam War. It's being uh, relived and dreamt by its protagonist, right? Right. Um PTSD was recognized in 1980 in the American Psychiatric Association and when an increased number uh, 85. Okay. Um, increased popular understanding throughout these decade, uh, the decade of PTSD symptoms like nightmares, flashbacks, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, which also saw an increased number of Vietnam veterans who committed suicide as a result of their wartime experiences. So, in a Nobody lot of prepared them in a lot of weird ways, like. A lot of movies have been made about Vietnam. Okay. Like, there was the kind of the first wave, like, coming home and things that were being made right after the Dear war. Deer Hunter. Right. Not long after the war. I think the only Vietnam movie that was made during Vietnam, the actual conflict, was the John Wayne movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but... That's because John Wayne never fought in a war. Yeah, but I, I just... I can't remember the name of the He's movie. He's a draft dodger. He's not a draft dodger. Mm-hmm. He was deemed too mm-hmm. culturally important to America to go overseas. But he basically was like, I don't want to go. And they're like, yeah, we can't lose you. You're too valuable. Yeah, here. because of his acting. His stature. Okay. Uh, I must say he's a good guy, but. <laughs> go ahead. You know. This is not a John Wayne podcast. I don't care enough. <laughs> that's where that, that's just, where that goes. I just want to be on the level about why John okay. Wayne fighting a war. Thank you, um, Draft Dodger. But he had a moment in, I can't remember the name of the movie, it's going to drive me crazy, where he says to a guy, like, out here, due process is a bullet. <laughs> and it's like the only pro-Vietnam movie I can think of. Every Vietnam movie subsequently was like, that was terrible, right? Hey, why did we get involved in that? That wasn't that was our deal. Yeah. It was bad. So it's basically like the entirety of every Vietnam movie post-Vietnam against John Wayne's movie. <laughs> It was like, America, we should be here. Yeah. Um, so there you go. But 
I think it's important to, to know, like, you've got the first wave, right? Those movies that are taking this shit very seriously. Of, yes. Like, what the war is like at home, like, what these guys are going through. And then later, you get movies made by people that have been there. Mm-hmm. And they're very serious, like Platoon, right? Mm-hmm. Like, movies where it's like, this is what Vietnam was actually like. Yeah. like here's what it was like. That's when you get Deer Hunter. The idea of this movie being like, so it's a horror comedy and it's about right, Vietnam. It's about Vietnam. Was kind of super progressive at the time. Okay. Right. The fact that they're like, so it's this We're going to talk about this new term and. Yeah. It's this yeah. weird movie that's kind of funny, kind of scary, kind of for kids, kind of not for kids. It's about PTSD in Vietnam. There's a monster that looks like napalmed bodies. With bullet fingers. Right. Like the main villain is literally the manifestation of his guilt Ugh. for leaving Richard Mull mm-hmm. to die and be tortured by the Vietnamese. The Viet Cong. Like it's this it's this interesting movie that I don't know if it had been made in a different like a day before or a day after. Or if it a, would have hit. A dollar more or a dollar less. Not only if it would have hit, if it would have even gotten made. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> it took basically no studio wanted it, even though That's the, what, yeah, ended up the men who made it had three, made uh... Friday the 13th, one through three, and made a shitload of money for like Paramount. They ended up having to Corman's like New World Pictures. Right. And just make this movie totally left alone. So New World didn't even know it was a comedy. So they watched <laughs> it and they were like, what the fuck is this? Okay, sure. We'll to be fair, it. I wasn't sure what I had watched after I finished watching <laughs> sure. it. Sure. To be fair. Okay. Any um, other trivia that um, we couldn't get just by, you know, so a quick Google search? This movie is important because it shows the change in national consciousness um, as the war stopped being, like, glorious. Yeah. Or, you know, this... Thing to a harrowing and traumatic experience. Like yeah. the 80s is when we start seeing all these guys are fucked up. Like right. super fucked up. This and, is not soldier's disease. This is not, uh, oh, oops. Don't worry, a few bad dreams here and there. Yeah. It got worse. Shit got real, real yeah. fast. Also, just one last little bit of trivia for seeing that, that puppet in the closet. Okay. Was the, the raccoon. 18 feet long. And it took 15 people to operate it. Oh, my goodness. So there you go. Wow. Um, yeah. Weird comedy. This was a weird. PTSD in Vietnam and Who I did not family. Think, and I did not think that going in. That's for sure. And All right. How, how, does, how does he beat the bad guy? Uh, by, I'm not afraid of you for the most part. Right? Like he forgives himself and he gets over like his past trauma yeah that's enough. why I, that's why I, I immediately was like oh this is a ptsd yeah allegory i, I just wanted to bring that up and drive that point home like, yeah totally that's how agree. He beats the villain and overcoming that trauma gets him the 80s dream of like reunited with the wife got and the kid yeah, back. get the kid back and everything's good like even though your house is burning down yeah don't, don't worry about that it. the house is evil fair it was, is, whatever. <laughs> um, that house was a, the outside, the exterior was an, an actual house, but they built all the sets inside. Yeah. So. It's a beautiful home. Just gorgeous. Yep. Loved it. Uh, what are we, uh, let's see, we watched this with the 75-year-old. 
she liked it. I think she thought this was a fun movie. Again, it wasn't scary like we thought it was going to be. It was enjoyable. I'm curious to hear what your kids would think. I think the teenager would not be able to sit through it, would not give two shits. Um, but this might be a good, let's bring uh, the 11-year-old in. Let's see how he how he handles this. This is kind of horror light. He watched uh, Clue. He watched The Batman. Good God. A man murders another man with like a carpeting tool in that movie. <laughs> Not off screen either. Yeah. And very aggressively. All right. Well, next week, what are we watching as we continue our month of ghosts? Um, it's, it's our ghostly grab bag. <laughs> our what? It's our ghostly grab bag. Oh, okay. Ghostly. It's, I like that. There's five weeks or five Fridays. There's five wildly different ghost movies. We're just all over the place with ghosts this month. Um, just kind of getting some ghost movies out of the way. All right. Let's do so it. I'm for it. we're going to dive into John Carpenter's The Fog. Did we do that? Oh, no, we did The Mist. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, join us next week. Same time, same place. Same bat time. <laughs> same bat channel. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. <laughs>